Hi, this is Brian Standing, host of the Monday 8 o'clock Buzz. Thanks so much for listening to the program. Hope you subscribe to our podcast. And if you really like what you're hearing, consider donating at wortfm.org. In his State of the State speech, Governor Tony Evers declared 2024 the year of the worker. The governor announced plans to address child care, paid family leave, and worker education. Conspicuously absent from the governor's speech, however, was any talk of immigration reform or organizing non-union workers. Worker Justice Wisconsin and its predecessors, the Interfaith Coalition for Worker Justice and the Workers' Rights Center, have led the fight for health, dignity, and organizational power for all workers since 1997. Robert Crystal serves as the program director for Worker Justice Wisconsin, and he joins us now by phone. Robert, welcome to the 8 o'clock bus. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, tell us a little bit about what the Worker Justice Wisconsin is working on right now. What are some of the projects that you're engaged in? Yeah, so for folks who don't know, Worker Justice Wisconsin is a worker center uh, right here in Madison. Um, you know, we work with faith and labor allies to, to try to build collective worker power, and that sort of expresses itself uh, a number of different ways. Um, one of our main areas of focus is education. So we have a, you know, that's one of our big projects. A lot of workers, um, and, and especially immigrant workers, um, really aren't aware of what rights they have as an employee, like what rights they do have and what rights they don't have. Um, you know, folks from different countries with different labor laws, um, it's oftentimes better labor laws, um, have different expectations about what their rights are in the workplace. And so one of our major goals is just to educate folks on what rights they have at work, uh, but also to let them know what rights they don't have, even though they should. Um, another one of our big areas of focus is uh, co-op incubation. You know, we, we uh, partner with workers who are interested in having a worker co-op uh, or, you know, essentially a business that is owned and run by the workers. Uh, democratically, there's no sort of traditional uh, employer-employee relationship. Uh, last year, uh, Worker Justice helped incubate a brand new food truck uh, co-op called Achievement, um, all immigrant-owned and managed. And then our another one of our big focuses is workplace organizing. Uh, I can't say too much about some of the projects that we have in the works right now, um, but in the past, you know, we've uh, been involved in organizing Crushing Apparel uh, alongside the Painters Union. Uh, we've also worked with hotel employees at a Clarion Hotel here in Madison to get a $2 per hour pay increase. And so we get a lot of workers who, who, who come to us and, you know, are interested in understanding what organizing means, uh, which is obviously a huge choice, uh, but we're always here to and happy to help workers sort of think that through. And then if they make the, the decision to take the plunge and get organized, we're there to sort of uh, help them through the process. And then last but not least, you know, another one of our big focuses is just helping workers um, file complaints with the state if, if they suspect that their rights have been violated. So, you know, with the Department of Workforce Development or uh, the Madison Civil Rights Office, um, just to get those, you know, get those uh, processes started. And now the, it, it seems, it strikes me as uh 
interesting that we're hearing all this rhetoric uh, at the national level about immigration and and uh, lots of calls from Republicans to sort of shut off the tap of immigration. And yet at the same time, we're facing uh, pretty significant you know labor issues here at home. Why is the issue of expanding the labor pool to include immigrant workers so controversial? And what what do we need to do to combat that sort of xenophobia? Yeah, um, that's a, a really good question. And I think that, you know, we, we could spend several hours unpacking as to unpacking it as to why uh, it seems so controversial. Um, you know, I mean, the reality is, is that a significant portion of the American economy runs on immigrant labor, but the way that the system has sort of been set up, consciously or not, uh, like it sort of puts a lot of folks between a rock and a hard place. Like uh, there's not really a path to any sort of uh, citizenship or, you know, quote unquote legitimate status, uh, but nevertheless, and so, you know, we can't, we can't fully accept them. Uh, but on the other hand, we, we can't fully get rid of them because the economy would collapse. Um, and so, you know, as to what's the, and obviously, you know, immigration is, is, a, is a federal issue. It's something that the federal government has to figure out. Uh, but the reality on the ground every day um, is trying to, you know, help immigrant workers realize that they do have power, they do have a voice, that they do have a community that, that supports them and wants to sort of uh, work with them in combating workplace exploitation, you know, building sort of uh, an interracial uh, international working class movement that works for everyone. Uh, so, I mean, at the local level, it's a lot of adapting to the realities that are sort of imposed upon high. Um, but, you know, we, it's a day by day struggle. In the past, uh, organized labor has not always been very friendly to the immigrant community because uh, immigrant labor has often been seen as undercutting prevailing wages because folks are willing to work for less uh, than perhaps you know union contracts have have established for prevailing wage. What is your relationship with organized uh, labor and particular labor unions? Is are are unions these days seeing um, immigrant workers as a source of potential uh, organizing? Uh, opportunity or do they see them as undercutting the the uh the wages that they've negotiated yeah so the worker center you know we have a great partnership with the local unions here in madison um and i think you know i can confidently say that they definitely see you know immigrant workers as part of the movement of trying to and we're part of the labor movement right like you know unions worker center co-ops like this is all one big movement towards trying to build a society that is um you know, sort of built around the needs and desires of working people. And there's definitely a concerted effort on all sides to try to build a more, um, to help the movement adapt to the needs of that demographic. And of course, so for, you know, an obvious thing is language, right? Um, labor, local labor is trying to put resources behind uh, training or recruiting Spanish-speaking organizers. You know, I myself speak Spanish. All of my fellow organizers at the Worker Center speak Spanish. And so, you know, on the one hand, we've built an important, I think, presence uh, in the Hispanic immigrant community, but we're also happy to go along uh, with labor or union organizers who maybe need a translator. Uh, so like, there is a sort of concerted effort on all sides to try to, you know, get these folks, like help them understand what, the, what their rights are 
help them understand what the labor movement is trying to do and create a space for them within the movement. It's very hard, um, given the realities of extreme exploitation, a lot of fear. People make enormous sacrifices just to be in this country to work. And so, you know, what we've seen in the worker center is, you know, once someone has made these, all these enormous sacrifices and have made this calculated decision to come here, you know, it, it's with the expectation of I'm going to, you know, earn money, I'm going to be able to support myself, support my, you know, family, and then find themselves in a very difficult scenario where either their wages are being, um, they're experiencing wage theft, discrimination, you know, it's very hard to say, okay, like, this calculation is not working, I have to pursue another path, which is organizing, which can seem, you know, very scary. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a an emo- difficult emotional process that we see every week um, of folks wrestling with, with this reality. And, and that's what the labor movement is trying to build around and support. You mentioned Spanish-speaking uh, organizers. Do you have folks who speak other languages as well, such as uh, perhaps Mandarin or Hmong, uh, which are growing populations in the Dane County area as well? Um, not yet we don't. I'd love to, right? Um, you know, so, so right now, so the Worker Center, um, as you said, you know, started in the, in the late 90s, um, but it's only recently that it sort of adopted an organizing approach. But the Worker Center, was its sort of genesis was around um, this realization that there is a growing um, Hispanic immigrant population, uh, that this population is, but it is, is at risk for a lot of reasons. And so the, I think the original um, thinking behind it was, well, we need a worker center that is especially equipped to you know, empower these folks to get out of a bad situation. Uh, and so for most of its history, the focus has been on recruiting people who, who speak Spanish. Um, but, you know, like I said, our goal is to build uh, an internationalist and interracial uh, labor movement. And so um, it's all a question of resources. If we have the resources and we have folks who speak Mandarin or Hmong or, you know, even there's even a, a growing West African population, folks who speak French, uh, you know, it, it's a question of resources and being able to cobble them together to, to recruit those folks. But if we had, you know, infinite money, absolutely. And speaking of resources, where do your resources come from? Yeah, so the Worker Center, it's very much like other nonprofits. It's sort of cobbling funding sources together. Um, a lot of it comes from grants, from public public grants, or but also private foundations. Um, some of the money comes from union donors. Some of it comes from individual donors. Some of it comes from faith groups. Um, so it's really sort of just casting a, bro- uh, a wide net and trying to make it work. And uh, what specific services do you provide to individuals? If someone is facing, for example, wage theft, what can you help them with? Yeah, so if someone's experiencing wage theft, which is, you know, like let's say, you know, you're working um, 42 hours each week, uh, but you realize your employer has been shaving off those two hours because they don't want to pay overtime, or maybe you work seven hours and 20 minutes, uh, but then, then they round down to just seven hours. Um, all those are different forms of wage theft. And so if someone comes to us and they say, hey, I think, you know, my boss is stealing my wages, you know, we would p- try to have a broader conversation. With, okay, well, you know, first of all, have you talked to your coworkers? Is anyone else dealing with this? Um, because if you're dealing with the issue, it's very likely that someone else is too. So we try to get folks to think um, in a sort of 
a collective sense, right? To, to, to talk to their coworkers, to identify issues, to build a sense of community, uh, which is 100% their right. It's a legal right to talk to your coworkers about working conditions. Um, but if they don't want to pursue that route, or maybe they've already left the business, um, and then we'll help them file a, a wage theft complaint uh, with the DWD and sort of explain that process to them. All right. We've been speaking with Robert Crystal, Program Director for the Worker Just for Worker Justice Wisconsin. If you're facing wage theft or discrimination, you can call the Worker Justice Center at 608-255-0376. You can also email them at info at workerjustice.org. And you can find out more at workerjustice.org. Robert Crystal, thank you so much for joining us on the eight o'clock buzz.